I know not whose paper it is, but there it is. Let him who owns it take it. George Washington thundered. He threw the papers down on the table in front of him and strode from the room. Someone had broken the vow of secrecy. The three dozen men facing him were alarmed. Their leader was usually a silent and benevolent presence. But as they prepared to adjourn for the day, his anger vanquished his usual self-control. I am sorry to find that some member of this body has been so neglectful of the secrets of the convention as to drop in the State House a copy of their proceedings, which by accident was picked up and delivered to me this morning. I must entreat gentlemen to be more careful, lest our transactions get into the newspapers and disturb the public repose by premature speculations. William Pierce, the delegate who later described this scene, put his hand in his coat pocket as the president spoke and was shocked to find his own copy of the papers missing. Approaching the president's table with trepidation, he was relieved to find that the abandoned copy included notes that were not in his handwriting. When he returned to the Indian Queen, the boarding house where he and many others were staying, he was relieved to find his copy in the pocket of a coat he had pulled off that morning. No one ever claimed the dropped papers. Washington's outburst reflected the desperation of the moment. The delegates to the Constitutional Convention of 1787 were engaged in a high-risk enterprise to remake the new nation's government. It was not what they had been assigned to do. Washington feared that if word leaked out, the meeting's failure would mean civil war or foreign occupation. The four-year-old government had failed. The Continental Congress, the sole governing body, did not have the authority to collect revenue, regulate trade, or settle states' disputes over boundaries and tariffs. Meanwhile, Britain and Spain schemed to pick off vulnerable frontier territory, and economic turmoil triggered farmers' rebellions. Instead of strengthening the Articles of Confederation as Congress and their state legislatures had instructed them to do, the delegates were debating an entirely new plan of government. It was an illicit enterprise with a seemingly impossible goal. There were too many competing interests, small versus large states, the South versus the North, the frontier versus the eastern seaboard, and national needs versus state and local autonomy. Only a secret meeting had a chance of creating a lasting representative government. Over the next four months, the words and actions of these men meeting behind closed doors in Philadelphia's stifling summer heat, embedded in American governance two competing ideas. The first was that the government would be accountable to the American people. It would derive its legitimacy from the consent of the governed. The second was that secrecy had a legitimate place in an open government. The delegates created an open government at a time of national emergency. The 13 colonies had won the Revolutionary War, but had not yet secured the peace. After the Treaty of 1783 that secured the nation's independence, the British, who still controlled Canada, continued to give military support to hostile Indian tribes, block exports to the West Indies, negotiate separate trade agreements with individual states, and occupy forts in American territory. Spain barred trade through New Orleans, effectively cutting off commerce on the Mississippi River, and bribed frontier politicians in attempts 
to sever Appalachian lands and attach them to the Spanish Empire. Washington feared that Western settlers would be driven into the arms of these foreigners. <laughs>